Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. of the Athletic Football Show. Welcome to Prospects to Pros. We talk about the guys who are about to get drafted in the NFL, the guys who just got drafted in the NFL, and everything in between. Obviously, we are tilting a lot more toward the guys that are about to get drafted because it's about to get real for you, Dane Brugler. We got Shrine Game practices starting on Saturday. Senior Bowl is next week. The coaches, as their season's end, are going to start getting into the draft prospect preview mix and start deciding what they want as opposed to what the scouts want. It's it's about to get very interesting. This is one of my favorite times of the year because we've got NFL playoffs. We've got uh, the All-Star Games going on where practices for the Shrine Game are this uh, this weekend. But then you're also looking forward to Mobile and uh, you know trying to get a better understanding of everything that's going to happen there. So, yeah, there's a, it's a fun time and things are starting to come together. I came out with my top 15 in each position this week which will undoubtedly, you know, fluctuate a little bit throughout the process. But, uh, you know, it's a good starting point as, you know, we go through the next few months. Well, and, and the top 15 is a, is a great place to start, the, the, the positional top 15. Uh, quarterback, you know, we've talked about the ones at the top. I am curious, as these all-star games are upon us, you know, the last few years we've seen quarterbacks play in the all-star games who were projected to go fairly high. And we've actually seen some some rise higher in the process. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz went and played in the Senior Bowl and wound up being number two overall. Josh Allen played in the Senior Bowl. Daniel Jones was in the Senior Bowl. Are we going to see anybody do that this year where they might be able to launch themselves into the first round? Uh, probably not. I mean, this is, it's an interesting quarterback group at this year's, uh, senior bowl, because you think back to last year where I think everybody was wowed by Kenny Pickett was in there. Yeah. Well, and, and, but but I think Malik Willis, that there was more oxygen with him than any other quarterback because of the way the ball came off his hand and the way he moved. And so everybody was talking about Malik Willis, uh, and even Desmond Ritter got some run with, cause I thought he got better throughout the week. But it was Kenny Pickett who was the most consistent from start to finish. And, you know, he was the only quarterback in last year's draft overall who went in the first two rounds. This year, I we might not have any of these senior bowl quarterbacks go in the top 100. Uh, and yeah. that's taking into account that Will Levis, uh, uh, barring some last-minute change, mo- change of heart, is not going to be at this, this year's senior bowl. Um, Hendon Hooker will be, he has accepted his invite. He's going to be down there and take part in, you know, interviews and things like that, which is a smart thing to do. If you have that opportunity, I remember, uh, Aaron Murray did that a couple of years right. ago when he was hurt, couldn't participate, but take advantage of it, get FaceTime with scouts and teams and coaches. Um, so not including Levis or Hooker, 
you know, who, who's the next best senior quarterback? Uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of differing opinions on, on who that guy could be. For In my rankings, I put, I have Jake Hayner. And, but I'm not sure that this is necessarily a setting that's going to, you know, he's going to wow. Because he's very average physically. You know, he's not going to look great. The ball's going to look okay coming off his arm, but not exceptional. Uh, he's also been he's playing typically... on a broken ankle for three months. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, but, but he's the type of guy that, you know, really impresses uh, in, you know, game setting where you see those competitive juices. You see him uh, stand up in the face of pressure and make throws. And so I don't know that a guy like Jake Hayner is really going to benefit from this week. Uh, I, I think, you know, if there's one quarterback who could really ascend, it's probably Max Duggan uh, from yeah. TCU because, you know, he's got the arm strength. He's got the mobility. I'm very eager to see him next to these other quarterbacks to see, you know, what's the ball placement look like? What's the accuracy? Uh, you know, the mechanics are very inconsistent. Uh, but, you know, I, I want to see him how he does compared to these other more polished quarterbacks like a Clayton Toon from Houston, Stetson Bennett from Georgia. These guys are all uh, backups, projected backups. Maybe they could be more. You know, you think about Jake Hayner. I mean, maybe at worst, that guy could be uh, a Taylor Heineke at the NFL level. Maybe yeah. he could be even more than that. And I wrote in my top 15, and I know you agree with this, that if there's a Brock Purdy in this draft, maybe it is Hayner. Uh, you know, yep. a guy got, that got a column Got a surprise. column coming out Thursday on The Athletic where, where yeah. I examine Stetson Bennett, Max Duggan, Jake Hayner in the context yeah. of, of Brock Purdy and what we didn't didn't think about this time last year. Now, the, the, you mentioned Clayton, too, and that's another one. One stat mm -hmm. when I was working on this count. Now, Clayton Toon is a much more prototypical sized guy. Yeah. He's 6'3", 220. But here's a stat that, that I found very interesting because Houston went from 12-2 and two to 8-5. and five. Clayton Toon's numbers didn't appreciably change other than he had to throw a lot more. His attempts went up, but his completion percentage, yards per attempt, similar. His touchdown passes went up because his attempts went up. The stat that mattered for Houston, had nothing to do with Clayton Toon. They went from allowing 20.4 points a game to allowing 32.2 points mm -hmm. a game. Yep. Well, you look at that and you're like, oh, Clayton Toon, he must not be very good because he, you know, they only won eight games and they didn't play that tough of a schedule. Well, maybe because the other side of the ball stunk. Yeah. Oh, that's a big part of it. No question. And, I mean, take into account that he's a three-time team captain – uh, he's number two in school history in touchdowns, uh, both passing and uh, touchdowns responsible for behind only Case Keenum. Uh, he set an ACC, uh, AAC record this year with 40 touchdown passes. There are only three quarterbacks at the FBS level that had 40 or more touchdowns. Uh, and the other two guys, Caleb Williams, CJ Stroud, pretty two pretty good players. So, pretty good. I, I mean, yeah, yeah Clayton Toon is, I, I think when you look at, he's a natural passer. He's got functional mobility. He did some of his best work late in games. I think he has that clutch gene to him. And and so you factor in the intangibles. And yeah, Clayton Toon has all the ingredients to be a backup in this league for a long time. And if he's in the right opportunity, you never know. Maybe he could be more than that. Yeah. And that's now Duggan is an air raid guy. Mm -hmm. Dana Holgerson, who's Clayton Toon's coach, jokes that he got kicked out of the air raid because they do too many things with with the tight ends and they'll they'll play RPO. multiple running backs and yeah yeah so uh, you know Toon Toon might be a little more a little less of a learning curve for Toon Duggan will have a higher learning curve than than some of these other guys and that that's also something to factor in before we started recording I was I was talking to Dane about 
uh, talking to Brock Purdy this time last year, and I had forgotten this this detail in our interview last year. Brock mentioned that Tom Manning, his college offensive coordinator at Iowa State, he was you know really tight with Nick Sirianni, coached tight ends for Nick Sirianni at Indianapolis in 2018, and then came back to Iowa State with essentially Nick Sirianni's offense. So, uh, you know, Purdy had been running an NFL type offense that requires a lot of pre-snap motion, not the same one he's running now, but much more similar, similar than most college quarterbacks have to deal with. Yeah. No, and that's, and that's a great point. And, and that's when you evaluate the quarterback position, there are just so many of these little details, little variables that are part of the equation. And if you're, if you're, it's hard to really put it all together because there's so many of them and you have to really go hunting and it's like finding puzzle pieces and the more puzzle yeah. pieces you find, the more of a, you know, you put them together, the better, the more clear picture you're going to get. And so, I mean, even include, let's, uh, let's include Jaron Hall in that conversation, the BYU quarterback mm-hmm. who very yep. undersized. His receivers were hurt all year. Yeah. Like, so, and so was he. Yet his numbers uh, kept going up. Yeah. But he's a guy that is, you know, the leadership's outstanding. He's a very good athlete. He played baseball at uh, at BYU. Yep. He, he was a, you know, also a big time basketball player in high school. Uh, older guy. He's you know, t- going to be a twenty five year old uh, uh, guy when he's drafted uh, or on draft weekend. You know, he's married already. Um, so you know, it, he's got a daughter. You know, he, he's already moved on to that part of his life. Uh, but you know, that's when you talk about a quarterback. That's not necessarily that's not something that uh it could be a positive you know when you factor in the maturity level and that type of thing so um he's part of that and then also Tyson Bajan uh the you know mm-hmm. shepherd quarterback small school guy who you know we, we've talked about him on the pod before uh who is just a really talented player really productive at that level how is that jump going to work out for him this week you know where he's playing yeah. uh, it's much faster everything's happening at a faster pace um, it, it'll be really interesting to see how he does throughout the week. You just want to see progress. You want to see him get better from Tuesday yeah. to Wednesday to Thursday at those practices. Now, last year, it was Christian Watson in the senior bowl practices. And if you watched wow. North Dakota State, you you knew what kind of talent he was. But most people don't watch North Dakota State, except maybe mm-hmm. in the FCS National Championship game. Who might it be this year? Whether it, it may be an FCS guy or even a guy who played FBS Power Five, who maybe didn't get as much shine or played for a team that wasn't all that good. Who might that person be this year where we come out of the week going, oh, wow, this guy could be something? Yeah, I, there are a couple of names. And you know what? Let's just stay stick with wide receiver. Um, talking about Christian Watson. Uh, there are a couple of wide receivers in this group that I think this is a big week for them. Um, uh, I see this, the Princeton wide receiver, uh, in terms of a, a track athlete translating to football, that, that's what this guy is. I mean, he is a record setting track athlete, heptathlon. Uh, he's a, a guy that really came on this year in terms of his production as uh, a guy that can stretch the field. He could be a catch and run guy, uh, but obviously playing in the Ivy league. And then that's a big jump going up against, uh, you know, guys at the next level. So I'm really interested to see what he does. Uh, Dontavian Wicks from Virginia, another really mm-hmm. talented player, good size, good speed, uh, makes some really athletic catches, but he also had too many drops. His production dropped off this this year. But how much of that was a result of that Virginia offense just being a train wreck, you know? Right. And so big week yeah. for Dontavian Wicks to kind of right the ship and get back on track. So 
I, and those, those are two guys that I think could really, really help themselves with a big week. Uh, and I believe Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss is there too. That That's yep. another one that mm-hmm. I'm curious about because I think if you look at, you know, what, what I cover in college football, the fact that Lane Kiffin just took two quarterbacks out of the transfer portal suggests to me he was not particularly pleased with the play of Jackson Dart last year. Mm-hmm. So it could be that Jonathan Mingo just didn't have – somebody throwing him the ball that that could really give him an opportunity to 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 shine and and this is a guy who's 62220 you know we've seen some fairly big Ole Miss receivers wind up being pretty good yeah and he DK has, Metcalf AJ Brown so he, he might have two of the biggest sets of hands in the draft I mean he's got these humongous mitts that help him catch a football uh, I think he tracks the ball really well uh, you know, I, I, as a as a route runner, still a, a little raw, but when he and he's not sudden in his route breaks, but I thought he was really coordinated. You know, he doesn't lose a lot of momentum out of his breaks, um, and so with that size, good catch and react receiver. So we're not talking about just a possession threat guy. Uh, he, he's someone that can create after the catch. I, I I'm with you. I think Mingo. When we talk about the top seniors in this uh, th- this wide receiver class, you know, I think for me it starts with Rasheed Rice. Then you've got a couple guys that are actually going to be at the the Shrine game and A.T. Perry and Zay Flowers. Uh, but then yeah. you get get some interesting guys like Mingo and, and Trey Palmer from Nebraska who will be in Mobile and uh, you know Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State. So there's uh, there's going to be some interesting wide receiver talents uh, at Senior Bowl. Well, that Shrine game receiver court, you, you mentioned Zay Flowers, who I think was yeah. fantastic at Boston College. Uh, Phil Jerkovic injured a lot. You know, never has not quite lived up to his potential yet. We'll see. He's transferred to Pitt. We'll see if he can if he can do that. But A.T. Perry just produced like crazy yeah. at Wake Forest. And the other guy at the Shrine game is Jake Bobo from UCLA, yep. who was an inc- he was breakout star for UCLA after transferring from Duke. Yep, exactly. And not not gonna be the fastest guy out there, but he's big and he, he does a really nice job isolating the football. Uh, can you know win uh, as kind of a post up receiver? So yeah, I don't. He he was an afterthought coming into the year. Wasn't considered a draftable guy. Barely considered a PFA. But with what he did this year in that UCLA offense, I mean, he's put himself in position to potentially be drafted. And if he has a good week uh, over there in Vegas at, during Shrine practices, yeah, absolutely, he can put himself uh, in that draftable territory. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. So we're still on offense, and, and the offensive linemen are always my favorite people to watch at yep. the Senior Bowl. I love love one-on-one pass pro drills, but I'm curious who has a chance to to kind of move up the draft board. One name that popped out to me was Darnell Wright, who was the right tackle at Tennessee. You know, he was a five-star recruit, didn't really develop until you know, kind of his junior, senior year. Uh, had a very good year this year, it felt like, but... The question is, where does he stack up in terms of of NFL talent? Obviously, he's yeah. been playing against very good D line talent in the SEC, 
but is he is he ready to to make a jump and, and potentially be an NFL starter next year? Yeah, and I, you know he's a player that coming into the year was uh, very just just overlooked because former high recruit, but just hadn't lived up to it. Struggled last year uh, in twenty twenty one as a left tackle. He moves back to right tackle this year, and I mean it's just. It's like every single tape, he's pitching shutout after shutout. Uh, just you know, go watch him against Alabama and Will Anderson. Um, you know, watch, just every tape you put on him. And I, even the, I, I was really impressed with him. And really, both him and Brian Brze watch the bowl game, which mm-hmm. meaningless bowl game. Uh, you know, quote unquote meaningless. But both those guys brought right. it in that game, and that was a fun match. I thought I think it really showcases the strengths of both uh Brzee and uh, of Darnell Wright. I mean Darnell Wright is a guy that uh he's you know well built. He's 6'5, gonna be around 340 pounds. The violence that he plays with, his recovery skills, um uh, and especially with his upper body, he does a really nice job. So he's got that power twitch to him. Um he he's the type of guy that I I'm bothered a little bit by the wide hands and some of the mistakes, but that's it's coachable stuff. Focusing on what's not really coachable and what he does well, I, I think that's what's going to make him an NFL starter. And that's really, and, and I, th- this is an interesting theme with a lot of right tackles that are going to be at the senior bowl mm-hmm. talking about Dewan Jones uh, from yeah. uh, Ohio state. He's huge. Humongous. But you know, obviously there's limitations with his movements and how do, what does that look like in one-on-ones? You know, that, it's, it's yeah. a lot easier to hide uh, it, it, you know, the, it just when you're in the course of a game, but during one-on-ones, there's nowhere to hide against some of these pass rushers. So Dewan Jones, how does he hold up uh, in those uh, in those matchups? Uh, Wanya Morris from Oklahoma, who was Darnell Wright's teammate uh, at Tennessee, yeah. he transfers to Oklahoma and had a really nice year. He, there's talent there. And so trying to figure out Wanya Morris. Um, not a right tackle, more of a left tackle with Jalen Duncan, who uh, from Maryland, who I have not been impressed with, but Maybe he can sway some opinions. So the tackles this year at the Senior Bowl, there's money to be made. And there, there's uh, it's something that I think teams will be focusing on quite a bit this week. Well, let's talk about the guys who will be trying to take that money from them and, and give yeah. it to themselves at Senior Bowl practice, the edge rushers. Because, you know, we, we can all agree on Will Anderson. You've talked about Tyree Wilson a ton from Texas yeah. Tech. And we probably won't Tyree see him. Wilson play. I, he's, you know, yeah, exactly. Coming off that injury, I, I doubt he'll be playing in Mobile. Hopefully, I'm wrong, but we'll see. Yeah, and then and then obviously Miles Murphy from Clemson's another one yeah. who everybody agrees is is very good. But but who has a chance this next week to really shine and and possibly make some money? There's a lot of guys. I, I think when I was doing my top 15. Uh, position by position, I felt really good about my top six guys. Uh, and that was Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, Miles Murphy, Van Ness, uh, Nolan Smith, and B.J. Aguilari. I felt really good about that. Then that's where it's between seven and 15 or even seven and, you know, like 20. It was, it's just a crowded group of different types of pass rushers, you know? And so it's like right. one scheme is going to prefer one guy. Another scheme might prefer another guy. So it depends on what, you know, it's hard to have some of these guys in the same conversation when they're just so different. Uh, and that's that's where it's tough to do rankings from just a general perspective. But, I, you know, I, I think that's where an event like the Senior Bowl can help a guy move up or down and, and you know, really maybe leapfrog someone else. Uh, a guy like Will McDonald, you know, from Iowa State, this right. guy is a big time, he looks like a basketball athlete. And, you know, that's 
a good thing and a bad thing. You know, wish he was had a little more bulk on his frame. You wish he was a more polished pass rusher for being a fifth year senior. Uh, but he's he's bendy. He's an he's an athlete. He's got quickness. There's he's so long. There, there's a lot of things to like about Will Will McDonald. And I think how he performs in one on ones in terms of his rush setup. Can he finish? And then also the interviews. Teams need to be convinced that Will McDonald is all in on football, and you know the makeup is there for him to be potentially a top 50 pick in this draft. So it'll be, it'll be a big week for Will McDonald. Isaiah Foskey uh, from Notre Dame, who back-to-back years with double-digit sacks, he had seven forced fumbles the last two years. And over the course of his career at Notre Dame, he had four uh, blocked punts. I mean, there's a lot of things production-wise that make you go, okay, this guy's a player. The tape, I don't think it is as good as maybe the numbers. Um, you know, he just doesn't have much in his pass rush repertoire uh, in terms of really getting blockers off balance. But he plays hard. He plays with speed. And that's something that just, if you play with those two things, production's going to come. And so, interested to see how he holds up this week. But, I mean, we could go on and on. Zach Harrison from Ohio State, as freaky as he is, how does he perform? Uh, You know, Derek Hall from Auburn. Derek Hall from Auburn is the the one I'm I'm curious about because he played against great competition. He always seemed to, to flash in big games. And then the way this season went for them, he was one of the guys who helped keep everything together on that roster, which I think matters. And I, I am curious because I, now I just want to see the physical piece of it. He's he's 250. He's got a really quick first step. But how does he do against elite offensive tackles? Yeah, Derek Hall is such a great story. Uh, you know, He was born... Uh, like four months premature. He, he was under three yeah. pounds when he was born. Like he he was basically the doctor suggested terminating the the the, the baby, and his mom was like, "No, we're uh, you know this this kid's uh, set out for something special." And I mean, he defied everything, and um, I, I, that leadership piece is a big part of it with uh, keeping that team together and uh, you know just rallying the teammates. He's a vocal guy. I know he's a semifinalist yeah. for the Jason Witten Man of the Year award. Um, so you know, no no surprise he was a team captain and all that. But on the field, look, I mean, he's a long, rocked up uh, pass rusher, and you, you see a variety of stab moves, speed to power, sets a physical edge in the run game. Um, now he is a little stiff. He's not that super bendy type of pass rusher who's just going to be able to capture the corner. Um, and so, I, and the biggest thing I, I need to see from him is the counter maneuvers. You know, it's it's one thing if yeah. you're that initial plan, but when that first move doesn't work, what's your plan B, and can you go to it on a consistent basis uh, to 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 win and, and disrupt the pocket? So, but yeah, Derek Hall is a good player and definitely belongs somewhere on day two. So the the position, other than offensive tackle, edge rusher, that I feel like at the Senior Bowl you can really be exposed or you can really solidify yourself is corner. Yeah. And, and I'm curious who you think – because I remember like talking to Roger McCreary last year, mm. and he was a guy I didn't feel like needed to prove anything at the Senior Bowl. Like he'd played against really good comp- – he, he played at Auburn. He played against really good receivers his entire career. Yeah. He'd been very effective against them. But he, he was from Mobile and just wanted to play in the Senior Bowl, had always wanted to. And, you know, you saw him starting for the, the Titans this year. But who among these guys, one, needs to show that they can do this against this level of competition? And who could possibly really make themselves some money? 
Well, as of the time of this taping, I believe uh, Devin Witherspoon, the Illinois corner, is still uh, on the roster and plans to play, uh, which hopefully he does because he has a chance to be the best player, period, uh, at this, yeah. this year's senior boy. He's that, he's that good. Uh, not the most impressive looking. I mean, he's only going to tip the scale at maybe 100, maybe 185 pounds. We'll see. But uh, the he plays with so much dog in him. He's so competitive. Uh, I mean, it, what he did this year, what he put on film uh, as a senior, he's a first-round pick all day. I mean, I think in my mock draft, I had him going 18th, something like that around there, 17th. Um, and, you know, he could potentially go higher. I think it just it depends on what type of corner you're looking for between guys like Christian Gonzalez and um, – uh, Joey Porter Jr. And, and, and Devin Witherspoon, guys like that. So this is a really good corner group, and uh, Witherspoon's one of the better ones, clearly the best senior. Uh, but some of these other seniors have a chance too. With uh, I'm a big fan of Caillou Blue Kelly, the Stanford uh, uh, corner. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got the pedigree. His dad played in the league as a corner for a long time. Uh, I, I think he put a lot of good film on tape. Those Stanford, a lot of Stanford players get overlooked because they've been so bad the last few years. Uh, I'd even throw Elijah right. Higgins in there, the wide receiver, who has a lot of talent. Um, and I'm, I'm eager to see what he can do uh, at, during senior bowl practices. Um, maybe a, a lesser known name at, at the position who could really show up is uh, Darrell uh, Luter, the South Alabama. And when mm-hmm. you hear South Alabama going to Mobile, your first thought is, oh, that's some home cooking because they all right. the practices are done at the South they, Alabama they host campus. The pra- exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's a you know they want to bring good press and you know be good to the home school. Now, this guy belongs. I mean, this is a really yeah. good player uh, who you know is a JUCO guy. No one really wanted him, uh, and he's just kept fighting and developing. And uh, you know, there's he's a I, I think just a physical man to man corner who you know has a chance to. Uh, be a mid-round pick and prove uh, that he could be a starter in the league. Yeah, it's so getting back to the the quarterbacks in the All-Star games. It, like is it a mistake for Will Levis not to go play in the Senior Bowl? Yeah, it, it's always a it, uh, interesting conversation when you do do this with quarterbacks because I'm of the belief that you don't hurt yourself at an All-Star game. But let's be honest, if Will Levis, who's already being talked about as a top five pick, potentially number one overall, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if he goes out there and throws a few picks and Twitter's all over, you know, like it's just it, it, it can get away from you. And, I, you know, it, it, the public perception shouldn't matter that much because they're not the guy they're, they're not the people making the draft picks. Um, but, you know, all of this factors in and, you know, it's it's with the guy like Will Levis, who is coming off the injury. Um, didn't, you know, he, since he got hurt, uh, was his foot, uh, around yeah. mid season, he just didn't look the same before, before the South Carolina game. Yeah. And then yeah. he came back against Tennessee and that, that was maybe only, the worst game of the season. Yeah. Only missed yeah. one game. Um, and he, yeah, he just clearly didn't look the same second half of the year. Uh, but I mean, I think it's just testament to his toughness, just playing through that injury. Uh, getting right for the combine is a big part of this and just for the pre-draft process, uh, getting healthy, things like that. Um, but you know, I, again, I, the way I view this game and evaluate it, I, I do view it through the lens of you can only help yourself. Um, now whether or not everyone yeah. believes that I don't, you know, it's everyone's got a different perspective. So I would love to see Will Levis at this game, but, uh, you know what? I, I, I also am not going to necessarily blame him if he decides not to go yeah well 
actually Bryce Young could play in it too. Yeah, because he true. has his degree. He's yeah. on that list of when the NFL sent out the 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 list of people who got special. Will Anderson, come on actually, down. He exactly. Can, come too. can you yeah. imagine? That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Now, I if I were in those two's position, I don't think I would do anything because right. you, you already know where you're at. You you've yeah. got enough tape. You don't have. But Levis, there already there's still questions about which I mm-hmm. feel like you might be able to answer if you're that confident in yourself, and that's what like I feel like Kenny Pickett solidified his spot as a first rounder last year at that game yeah i mean i i think at least he did for me i know that uh he was the most consistent quarterback during the week i mean he just he went there took care of business um did well with the coaches um yeah levis is just uh, he's he's a tough because there's so much about him that's projection and um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think he's a guy that could really help himself because I think he'll look great in in shorts and, and, and pads and in non-contact drills. You know, he doesn't have to think too much, it's just kind of point and shoot. Uh so because I think the biggest things when you watch him on film where he needs to get better, the read efficiency in, in terms of just understanding all the moving parts around him and being on time with the right decision, um, and just doing that consistently with the right ball placement. I mean, that 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 is something that uh, we saw glimpses of as a junior, and then with every all the changing parts this past year, we didn't see enough of it on a senior tape. Uh, but I think there's enough about his skill set that you know is really promising. So I I, I agree with you. I, I would like to see him at in Mobile. I think he could really help himself. But at the same time, I also don't. I'm not going to kill him for not going. I kind of I, I understand why he wouldn't. Yeah, it does feel like he's pretty firmly ensconced. Right. In the first round right now, which I, I don't know that I'd mess with at this point. Let's talk about what happens now. But because as we record this, the conference championships games are this weekend. And then there's a super. So there's only four teams still playing. You know, coaching hires are being made. Coordinator hires are being made. At what point do the coaches who, who just finished up their season begin in earnest to start prepping for the draft, getting with the personnel department and, and trying to reconcile, you know, what the, the front office wants with what the on-field staff wants. That really, the senior bowl is kind of the first, that first step um, for a lot of these coaches where they're really getting involved, uh, you know, watching the tape, getting a little prep work in before they see him in a mobile. Um, and then during practices that that's where a lot of these coaches will get their introduction. And so, you know, first impressions, they matter quite a bit. And uh, for a lot of players, this is this is that opportunity. And that's why, you know, we don't I, – I, I think it's – we need to kind of put the groundwork here that the draft process – as I don't think there's as much fluctuation as people think. Mm-hmm. Uh, most – like most of the hay is in the barn at this point. You know, the, 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 all the tape yeah. is in. Um, you know, I know like me personally, I haven't watched a hundred percent of the tape that I need to watch. I'm probably, you know, 85, 90% there. So, you know, I'm still finishing up tape from games from the season, but I'm one person. I'm not a scouting department where teams they've, they've done all the, you know, all the scouts, all the area scouts, they've turned in their grades. You know, the teams have a a preliminary grades on every single player from the season. And so now it becomes the cross-checking part of, the draft process, that's where the all-star games come in, the combine, that these are events served to cross-check what you saw during the season, either verifying what you saw or saying, hey, this is a little different. 
we need to go back and figure out, okay, was this on tape? Is this something we missed? Is this something that maybe he just really prepared for uh, during the pre-draft process? You just, you have to figure that part out. And so for coaches, that's, you know, they come into this at an interesting time uh, where they're having, they have a little bit different perspective than the area scouts and the front offices that have been really looking at these guys the last, you know, year, few years. And so it, mm-hmm. it, it is an interesting uh, perspective that the coaches bring. Well, and, and how does that work? I, I would assume it depends on the staff. I mean, obviously, right. in New England, Bill Belichick does what he wants to do. But for instance, now, <laughs> I say this during a, a week where every every time I go in the gym, the TVs are always on, the, the volume is turned down, but it's, should Mike McCarthy be fired? But like, <laughs> for example, let's say Mike McCarthy is, is still the coach of the Dallas Cowboys, which it sounds like he will be. Yeah. Uh, like how much how much say do do he and and Kellen Moore and and I'm assuming Dan Quinn's going to be gone and head coaching somewhere else but but the defensive coordinator get with the Jones guys you know yeah. do, can they say I want this and get it or do oh, yeah. do Jerry and Steven say this is what we want and that's what you're going to deal with oh no I mean l- listen each team each front office has a different structure and each one is unique to that ownership and the way that they want to you know process things like okay the Cowboys for example uh the coaches very much have a say in who's going to be the draft pick if okay go back a couple years uh what is that 2017 2018 uh the draft this if it was up to the scouts the Cowboys would have drafted TJ Watt uh in that draft Mm. instead the coaches they didn't think he fit uh, they saw him as more of a three, four guy, stand up guy. And instead they took Taco Charlton. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those cases where you've, you've got one side saying one thing, another side saying the other, and it's up to Will McClay, uh, and, uh, you know, the Jones family to figure out, okay, well, how's that going to st- stack on our board and you know, what our pick is going to be. And, and so it, but each, each, uh, each team is different with how they structure things. Um, you know, in terms of the senior bowl, uh, most teams will you know their area scouts will be there in mobile and each area scout will have kind of a position where they have to cross check so yeah. uh you know if you're a southeast scout maybe you have uh linebackers so you're during the week you're not necessarily watching your guys that you scouted from the sec all year you're not watching uh you know you're, your, you're your putting Georgia another players. set of eyes on Right. right, you're putting another yeah. set of eyes on some somebody that somebody else scouted. Right, you're watching all the linebackers, and you're putting in, you know, your grades, and you're you're doing these interviews and things like that. And so that it, it that's where I go back to. It's a big cross checking exercise, and coaches get involved with that. Um, and, you know, and, and that's why it's really valuable for you know, these teams to coach at the Senior Bowl to learn more about these guys and just figure out, uh, you know, how they operate. You know, I know, you know, going back to, um. Uh, last year, talking to one of the coaches, you know, he didn't have the most positive things to say about Carson Strong and the way he uh, kind of handled himself during the meetings before the Senior Bowl. And, and it's just people; these, these players need to remember that the entire process is one big job interview. Uh, you know, yeah. don't don't come into the meeting room uh, in sandals. You know, don't prop your feet up on uh, and and don't take any notes. You know, I mean, you ha- even if even if you're faking it, uh, you know, take. Yeah. Take a couple different colored pens and take your diligent <laughs> notes. Take your highlighter and act engaged, even if it, even if it's an act, it, uh, whatever. But 
it's the biggest thing that these agents need to prepare their clients for. It's one big job interview. Act like it from start to finish. Don't for a moment think someone's not watching you because uh, I guarantee you somebody is. And so it's it's something that uh, is it's a really interesting part of this whole thing that we don't necessarily talk about enough uh, as a big part of this process. I think there's a branding opportunity here that we need to take advantage of. We need some, so we need to give the athletic care package to the, the prospects at the, at the all-star games and at the combine. Right. What we do is we, we say we have an athletic notebook that has the logo on it and everything mm-hmm. and, and, you know, prominent logo. So when it's open, you see, you see the athletic logo, the coaches, the players see it. You know, we're, we're, we're looking for brand awareness here. Yeah. And each person gets three gel pens because everybody loves the clicky top gel pen that's Mm. that's the quality stuff and then three three different color highlighters and i guarantee those coaches and front office people like wow this person's (laughs) really prepared they have a purple a yellow and an orange highlighter they are really taking good notes oh yeah no hey I, i remember when i was in sixth grade I I really wanted to make the basketball team, and I was probably. Yep. Uh, I mean, I, I I felt good about making it, but there was always a chance, you know, because they only I think they only took maybe eleven guys or something like that, and I was you know somewhere in that seven to fifteen range, um, where I wasn't good enough to be a starter, but probably good enough to make the team, but not a lock. And so mm-hmm. I remember uh, the one Saturday morning just taking a little jog uh, around where my where the coach lived and just you know not not ah. being obvious about it but just taking <laughs> a little jog a little jog so you know he it, it, there was a chance that he would probably see me and uh yeah. you know hey what are you doing I oh, got to get these miles in coach you know just it's work it, it coach work yeah. it and, and as soon as, and as, as soon as he did and we had that t- little 30 second conversation boop right back home and you know I just, just <laughs> get it in there so hey Hey, I deserve to be on the steam. And so even if you have to fake it a little bit, uh, do what you got to do. See, my my high school basketball story is very different. I, I played it <laughs> or I went to, to high school at a very large school in Florida. Mm-hmm. You had to be very good at basketball to make the basketball team. I was not. But they did kind of put out an open call my uh, sophomore, junior year, because in our district was uh, Daytona Beach Mainland High School. Mm-hmm. And at the time... There was a uh, six foot six guy at Mainland named Vince Carter, I've heard and of basically they were like, "Can can we get five football players to just foul Vince Carter twenty five times and just foul out in in two three minutes and, and be done?" He was six six in high school. Wow, that's he was he was unstoppable. I oh. his his junior year, I went to. A, a game against another team at the school where my dad worked. And I watched him jump over the point guard who was standing straight up in the air. The point guard was like five foot seven and Vince just jumped straight over him. His foot cleared the guy's head. And yeah, it was, it was incredible. And, and actually one of the best football players I played against in high school was this guy named TT Tolliver, who was the quarterback at mainland wound up being, he was on the practice squad when the bucks won the super bowl in, in 2002. Uh, but his job as the point guard on the mainland basketball team was throw half court lobs to Vince. And they would do like eight of them a game. It was incredible. I mean, that's having a guy like that is just a cheat code at that level. I mean, it's what are you going to do? That's that's yeah, that's bizarre. Yeah. My, my, one of my best friends had to guard Vince on Vince's 18th birthday and Vince dropped 40 on him. 
Oh, I mean, that's that, that sounds like maybe b- better than what it could have been. I mean, geez. oh, it could have like Vince could have scored sixty a game if he'd wanted to. <laughs> it didn't even matter. It I did not it. matter. But but yeah, so that's but yeah, I mean, those guys. Listen, if you're not that level of talent, and there are you know Will Anderson, mm. C.J. Stroud, those, those guys that can pretty much do whatever they want to. Uh, some of the stories I've heard about Johnny Manziel in the pre-draft process, like, mm. still mystifies me that that he got drafted in the first round, even despite the production in college. Yeah. But yeah, what Dane said is 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 true. I mean, like, if you just come in and are diligent, take notes, polite, and appear to be engaged, yeah. what a difference it makes. And and it's crazy to me because I I know all the agents tell tell their players this, right. But the ones who don't listen, like, how do you not listen to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the uh, freaking NFL. I, 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 I go back to when I was, you know, 22 years old and I would have liked to think that I would have too, but you know what? It's at that age and you're used to being the best and you know, it, it's a different mindset for some of these guys. And, and I'm not saying that's how a lot of these guys will attack it. Um, but you know, I, there are, you know, Clayton Toon is about to turn 24 years old. Uh, Jake Hayner yeah. is an older guy. Um, you know, I think, you know, just getting a chance to talk to Tyson Bajant, um, and you know, he's been a small school guy, uh, his entire life. And so, you know, I think he'll have the mindset of, okay, I got to do whatever I can to, to really stand yeah. out. So I don't, I don't think, you know, Hendon Hooker, I, I, I think, you know, his, he's another older guy that knows how to, how this process works and what he needs to do. So yeah, I'm not too worried about this quarterback class, but you know, it's just it's just a reminder that everything is an interview as part of this process. Yeah. Every little detail. Well, and that goes back to and if you want, uh, listen to my podcast, the Andy Staples Show, on the Andy Staples Show and Friends feed on Friday. We're gonna have some chunks from that conversation with Brock Purdy before the draft last year, where we kind of look on them in a new light, mm-hmm. and you're gonna listen to some of those and go. Well, this makes a lot of sense. And one of the things that Brock said during that interview was, every single bit of this is an interview. Mm-hmm. Everything I do is an interview. I mean, what Brock was doing, at, when, when I went to visit him in St. Augustine, he was working with a, a guy who works mostly with Major League Baseball pitchers on arm health, long-term arm health. He was trying to learn how to uh, make sure he he doesn't wear out his arm and that his arm will work for him for the next 15, 20 years, which is what the major league baseball pitchers have to do because they're the throwing motion is so violent that they, you know, theirs is going to break down at some point, but quarterbacks can keep their arm healthy for that long. And I thought it was really interesting that that, that was where his mind had gone. Like I got to make sure my arm's healthy for 15 years. This is a guy who didn't even know if he's going to make a team. Yeah. Last pick in the draft. Nothing's guaranteed, but yeah, he's got the right mindset and that's uh, obviously, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, my my son's doing indoor soccer right now, and you know I I tell him every time, look, you're gonna get out what you put in, and you know if you're not mm-hmm. busting it on every play, if you're kind of holding back and not being as aggressive as you can, uh, it's you know you're, you're not gonna get as many chances to score, and you know it's the same yep. thing at every level of of any any sport. You get out what, you, what you're gonna put into it, and so the more you put in, the better chances you have to uh, achieving some type of success. And for some guys, it takes a little bit of luck. You know, if Brock Purdy does not end up with Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco with that right. talent around him, 
uh, who knows? He might not have made a final roster. Now, he might have started a playoff game for the Dolphins. If, <laughs> it's true. It's possible. Yeah. Could have been in Skylar Thompson's place, yeah. but yeah. It, but it is, yeah, it is amazing. It, it, it does take a little bit of luck. I mean, that that that, uh, that is yeah. definitely a part of this. But it, it sometimes, you know what? It's, uh, you, it, you get a little bit of luck, and the rest uh, it is just your hard work. And with Purdy, that guy, and just listening to him after the games, he's so just he's almost like a robot like he he, he doesn't yeah. he doesn't really okay now you know he doesn't ex- want to celebrate about it he's just okay we do what we needed to do it's time to move on and you know the goal is not this and so you know it, not everybody's wired that way but that's also why I Jake Hayner is my number one senior quarterback at the senior bowl this year is because I think he's wired a little bit like that uh you know yeah. he's a guy that uh, you know, is coming from the Mountain West. But you know what? He faced five Pac-12 opponents this year. In those five games, he averaged 68% completions, over 300 mm-hmm. passing yards, and had eight total touchdowns. So, and, and including that legendary comeback against UCLA in 2021, that was just, uh, you know, it, you know, it kind of something that will follow him his entire career, how impressive that was. So, you know, it's it, it's... When you evaluate quarterbacks, it's kind of like a moving target in terms of what you latch onto that, you know, oh, this is going to translate or this. And I'm guilty of it. I think everybody that evaluates a quarterback position is guilty of it. And But it changes based off of who's doing well in the NFL. I mean, look at the two quarterbacks in the NFC Championship mm-hmm. game with Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts. Two guys that were not first-round picks, were not expected to be here, nope. but the competitive toughness that they bring, uh, the work ethic, everything they do behind the scenes, the confidence that they uh, exude on the field to their teammates in their play, that's okay. All of a sudden, maybe we're overlooking that in terms of being a paramount uh, you know, attribute for the quarterback position during the evaluation process. So uh, maybe I'm overcorrecting with putting a – uh, or having Hayner as my top guy right now. Who knows? You know, it's just, but that's the the nature yeah. of the quarterback uh, evaluation well, process. Well, and, and that's, but that's the thing. Do you, do you make people want to be better around you? Do you make people mm-hmm. want to play for you as well as with you? All that matters, especially sure. at quarterback. And the two guys you just mentioned, Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts, like just having covered them in college, they absolutely inspired their teammates to be better. They just yeah. like the the example they set, the way they interacted, and you know that I'll go back to to talking to Brock this time last year. He said one of the things I want to tell NFL teams about myself is that I can be the glue in a locker room, and you know he, he's not saying that to brag. It's just it's the truth. That's he and he made that program at Iowa State appreciably better. Now, Jalen Hurts was in a different situation in Alabama and Oklahoma where he's around a bunch of studs who you know, were the, the top of their recruiting classes and all that, but he immediately earned their respect. Like, they all respected his work ethic and, and what he did. So all that stuff matters, absolutely. And uh, and that's where the interview rooms – that's the thing. The Senior Bowl, you and I, we're going to have fun. We're going to watch one-on-one pass pro. We're going to watch the, the receivers against the corners. We're going to watch the quarterbacks throw. But the part we don't get to see where they're talking yeah. in the conference rooms, that's where they can really yeah. show what they can do. And, and that's not to bring it back to Levis again, but I think that's that's why we're talking about him uh, or NFL teams are talking about him as highly as they do. Because, uh, you know, you talk to his coaches at Kentucky and you talk to scouts and they all say the same thing. Like, 
football is really important to this guy. He was voted a team yep. captain both of his years at Kentucky. Uh, the uh, Liam Cohen told me, um, I, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it was something like, you know, everybody feeds off him. You know, like he's his, yeah. the oh, way he, he, he has an effect on his teammates for sure. Oh yeah. And they follow him and it's not, and you look at Brock Purdy, you look at Jalen Hurts, it's not forced. It's not, you know, it's all natural where they feel comfortable in their skin and they go out there and they lead and it's, it's, it just comes natural. And I think Levis has some of that because that's just his personality with the way he operates. And that's something that will uh, certainly help. And that's not to say that Stroud doesn't have that or Bryce Young doesn't have that, but it is something that will be a, a check mark, a plus sign in, uh, in the column for Levis. What, what, what are you looking more forward to most uh, in Mobile? Like, because you, I mean, you, you see practices from a different perspective than, than probably yeah. I do. So what, do you, what are you most looking forward to uh, Tuesday through Thursday uh, down there in Mobile? Well, one-on-one pass pro always for me. Yeah. But then I, I'm lucky because in, in my job, you know, a lot of the college coaches come to see their former players participate. It's good for business. It's good for recruiting as you see these guys who are about to come draft picks. So they want to be photographed out there, but they're, they're in a much more casual setting. So I get to talk to some of these guys and, and, you know, they're, they're going to tell me more about these players and, and more about what their teams were like this past season than they said in their press conferences. And I think yeah. that it, it's a very useful thing for me, but also just seeing some of these guys up close and, and a lot of times when they kind of leave the nest and, and you can talk to them and they're not, you know, they don't have a sports information director hovering over them for every interview. You, you get a different flavor of their personality, too. Now, sometimes they, they are who they were. Like Damian Pierce, same guy. He was awesome. He was awesome when, when we interviewed him when we played at Florida. He was awesome when I talked to him at the Senior Bowl. And, like, I couldn't be happier for that guy and, and how things turned out for him because he wound up, a you know, a starting running back in the NFL. And he knew what his talent level was. Mm-hmm. He, he was so like, – you could tell going to the Senior Bowl, talking to him before those practices, he was so excited – that he was really going to get to show it. Yeah. And oh. I, I love that. I, I love when you talk to those guys where you know they're about to, to blow up mm-hmm. and they know it too. Yep. And it's just, it, it's a lot of fun. And I do every, after the senior bowl each year, I do my, you know, winners at each position. And last year at running back, it wasn't even a question. I mean, yeah, I mean, Damian Pierce, and it's hard for running backs to stand out uh, at the senior bowl yeah. practices. But yeah, Damian Pierce absolutely did. He, he was the winner. And, uh, I was also surprised he fell to the fourth round, uh, but you know, obviously the Texans very happy with how that played out. That's exactly right. So, yep, can't wait. Uh, we are going to have to uh, have a little turtle soup. We'll head over, maybe head over to Meat Boss, have a little little barbecue. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. And you and me and Lance will convene in Mobile next week, and that is where this podcast will originate from. Yep, can't wait. It'll be fun. Let's ride. We'll talk to you next week. This was the Athletic Football Show.